All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. And um, one of the relatively few return guests on the show, Chris Evans, is here with me again. Chris, thank you for hanging out with me. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Nathan. Super excited to have this chat with you and be part of the community. Well, and we actually had you on the show back at episode 289. So for anybody listening in who didn't do or didn't listen to that first episode, the first interview with Chris, make sure you go back, kind of catch up a little bit. You can get to know Chris a bit, get to know his business a little bit better. And we actually had a conversation. This is back in, uh, I guess, late 2019 or so. Uh, We talked about developing strategic relationships for business and uh, obviously a super important conversation. So we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. If you're listening in, you want to go check that out. Um, Or of course, you can go to your favorite podcast app, do a quick search, and you'll be set. Um, Chris, in that first conversation, there were a couple of questions that I didn't get to that I've since updated or added to our outline of questions for our guests. So I I want to kind of hit those first real quick if we can. Talk to me first about um, customer experience. And I know this is a bit of a cliche question or topic, if you will, but I think it's super important to continue to keep it front and center. And I love getting different perspectives. Is there a big idea or principle that drives your customer experience? Oh, for sure. You know, it's such a great question. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it's cliche at all because ultimately like we are service providers, Yeah, you know, we absolutely have to have the service and the experience we offer our clients. Like, first and foremost and paramount in our, in our businesses and how we conduct ourselves. You know, this is such a relationship based industry. And, um, you know, if you're not, if you're not providing an incredible experience, not only for your clients or your wedding planners, and even frankly, every other vendor on a wedding, I just don't think you're going to find success in this business. And, uh, for me, it kind of, it comes down to my mantra and this mantra came to me a few years back and it's, it's three, three words put together. And for me, it's style, grace, and gratitude. Okay. And those are the, those are the three tenets of my brand that I, that I, from every email, from every encounter, from every conversation that every photo I take, it's always operated on that mantra of style, grace, and gratitude. I want to, I want to present myself and my experience um, in a stylish way. I want my clients to feel stylish. I'm always, I'm so aware of like the opportunities that this industry has given me um, and the success I've, I've had and, and for my family's well-being that, that I always approach everything with so much grace. And finally, and gratitude, again, I've worked, I've been a waiter, I've been a, a rep, I, I've done so many different jobs in my life. Yeah. To be able to succeed in this industry, um, as competitive as it is and how saturated it is, I'm just, I'm constantly filled with gratitude. So those three tenants have really been paramount for me and my success in my business. Well, honestly, I, I genuinely is, is I'm, I mean, I've got your Instagram feed pulled up here and for anybody listening in, if you go to Chris J Evans photo on Instagram, just like it sounds, we'll link to it in the show notes. And then, uh, you can also go to chrisjevans.com for Chris's website. But I, I, first of all, I certainly see the style um, that is... In fact, I, before we even started recording, as I was looking at your site, I noticed it, it, I mean, it has this very editorial feel to it, kind of big, bold font. Um, and you carry that, that look and feel over into your Instagram feed as well. I love the style. Your grace and your gratitude, that, that attitude, that mentality... Genuinely, Chris, I mean, an interaction, and I don't know if I've actually said this to you before, but, you know, since we, you and I started kind of chatting back and forth on Instagram about a year and a half or so ago, that grace um, is, is, has very much shine, 
through, number one. Two, you've got just a great energy in general about you, which I've had plenty of interactions or listened to photographers that carry a certain air of cynicism and ego about them that kind of, I mean, it just frankly gets in the way of a, a good relationship in the end. And I can only imagine how that might carry over to their clients or potential clients in those interactions. Interacting with you, you get this really positive vibe, super gracious. And I, I can sense the gratitude, certainly in the way that you live and the way that we engage in conversation. I bet it carries over wonderfully to the way that you engage with your clients. You know, it's it's so important to me that that you know that I that I, I find people in this industry that are kind and that I work with people who share my values mm. and 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 you know too and it's like as far as like attitude and ego goes for what we do it's like look photo- yes photography is a fine art it's incredibly hard to really truly become like a master of it um, which I'm not trying to like say that I am or anything but. I can teach anyone new who comes to my team how to take a properly exposed photo in a relatively short amount of time, especially with digital now. It's so easy. So, you know, for me, like to have an attitude or an ego about actually like taking photos, like that's not where the confidence comes from. For me, it's really the confidence in the experience and how I make people feel in order to make those photographs, not to take those photographs. So it's like, I'm such a believer in my photos can only be made when I create that safe, beautiful environment where my, my clients feel so like special and center of attention and so beautiful and so safe just to be themselves. Like that is where I take all my pride from and what I do. Well, and that sense of safety is rooted in the idea of trust too. But if you, if you show up with the, the graciousness that we were talking about and ultimately treat them with kindness consistently, you you follow through on the expectations which you've created for them, then naturally the trust comes and that sense of safety comes. I think it's a, a, a beautiful description of the experience that we should be creating for our clients. And and it, it bears repeating over and over and over again. So I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. Um, sure. But the other thing that we talked about in, in the, or one of the things that we did talk about in the last episode was time management. I don't know that we got specifically into delegation. We talk a lot about the idea of delegation and outsourcing here. Naturally, we do so because I own an, an editing company, Photographers Edit. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the most, I guess the biggest time savings really that come as a business owner and that come to our, come into our lives and our businesses uh, is this concept of delegation. And it's not just about editing. It's about, you know, administrative tasks, email management and calendar management, communication with clients. And then of course there's album design and accounting and the list goes on. Is this idea of delegation something you've experimented with in your, your business and have you found any success in it? Yeah, definitely. So the first one that really changed my efficiency was when I went over to HoneyBook. And this could be true for any CRM, but sure. but for me when I when I had the ability to create the at least the the initial 3 to 4 steps from the inquiry to getting my menu collections and what my offerings the ability to streamline all that included with the retainers and the payment programs and the contracts that right there was the first real big game changer. And I've been on HoneyBook kind of since the beginning over there. So they've been they've been really great for, for me, my efficiency. As soon as I get out of the of that first part, then for me, I'm really a hundred percent hands-on. Like I've had um minus pandemic times, I used to have much more work going out for outsourcing of calling and everything like that. But with this last year and the limited amount of work, the things that I have done, I've cut I've 
brought everything back in house again. Okay. And when I can have that personal touch. Yes, it takes more time. Um, but when I'm having that personal touch myself, it's really the combination of outsourcing the first part, like just like the repetitive business stuff of it. That's really helpful for me. But then once it comes to the actual work and the actual interactions with the clients on the phone and in person, I've really been enjoying bringing that all back home and keeping it just from me to my clients again. Do you, do you see yourself then at some point letting that go back out? I mean, as, as things pick back up, how do you balance? Because I, I think what you're describing, it certainly makes sense in the context of COVID, but then um, I know that a lot of photographers would say something very similar regardless of COVID. You know, they, they want to deliver that personal touch. And yet the, the reality, I, I think anyway, having owned a photography business and been in, involved in multiple companies now, I know that I can only grow so much if I'm trying to do everything myself. Is there a line, kind of a balance between maintaining that control, but then at some point giving it up? Yeah, I'm definitely going to be moving back to that direction once things are back into full steam. You know, I was doing, you know, pre-COVID, we were doing over 100 weddings a year in my company between me and my associates. So yeah, I definitely relied on a lot of people helping me with my calling. I would still do all the finals. Even when I'd have a gallery come back to me, called and edited, I would still find myself going through the entire gallery and still making micro edits. So, wow. you know, and that, and that works for me still because I love to be able to have that that final just like executive like decision on the color or the crop or whatever it may be so moving forward i'm definitely going to get back into having my full calling team in place they send me the final galleries and then i'll still do that final once over to make sure it's all up to up to my what i think is great okay cool yeah i mean 100 weddings wow <laughs> and, yeah, and was, how wow. times have changed right but you know I'm, I'm hearing kind of sparks of encouragement if you will and and uh, who knows where we'll be when this episode actually airs, but um, you know certainly numbers seem to be coming down a little bit nationwide. Um, I'm hearing that certain photographers are, and they've even got a, a fully booked season. In fact, I was just chatting with my team earlier today, and uh, our head of customer service was chatting with a client who's got 20-some-odd weddings booked for this year. And I know that they're not alone. It, it seems to depend largely on the location that you're in as well. But I'm, I'm just hoping that we can kind of get some some positive and forward movement as we go forward. I think we all kind of need that. Uh, definitely. And, you know, it is really happening. You know, I have a really because I had all my weddings from last year. I had 53 weddings from 2020 postponed to 2021. So I already had a really full year and they all start up starting in like just a few more months from now, April, May is when things kind of start to get busy again. Okay. Um, since I had just moved back from Maui, I'm in California now up in Ventura. Um, but most of those weddings are all in Maui. So they're destination events. So it, it's going to be a lot of travel. It's going to be a little tricky, but um, to me, it seems like we have a lot of movement right now. I've just in the last three weeks booked about another 15 jobs for this year. Whoa. So yeah, we're moving forward and I'm feeling really positive again. Ooh, that, that's encouraging to hear as well, <laughs> man. I mean, I know we've all kind of been on, been on pins and needles and, and, you know, it was tough, especially when I think, I mean, personally for photographers edit, for example, we kind of hit bottom as far as the numbers were concerned. Um, I think it was around April of last year. And then we slowly started to see uh, increase from there, but we certainly aren't back to, to normal levels at this point. And, you know, and it was a tough thing too, because I know that photographers um, are not shooting. And so naturally there's little that we, uh, or that I would want to do as far as promoting our services in the context of that. Cause the last thing that I need to hear is, Hey, you should send out your editing. It's kind of a funny place to be in. 
um, especially as they're not shooting. So we've I, I've tried to be patient in the meantime, and uh, but I'm, at the same time, I'm of course along with other photographers hoping for the the growth again and seeing these weddings pop back up and people getting back to shooting. The biggest thing for me, I'm, I'm hoping for photographers is that they are able to get back to some sense of normal because this has been a pretty stressful time. And I think this is a great segue into what is our main focus today, um, talking about how you managed that. I mean, it's been about a year or so since COVID really hit the US hard um, and began to affect our industry and our economy. I want to talk a little bit about how you you dealt with that. Uh, because you said you had, you're used to shooting about 100 weddings a year. You had 50 some odd last year. And did they, did they all get rescheduled for this year? Yeah, I had everything got rescheduled this year, except for three that just outright canceled. Okay. And then I've had maybe two or three more that have decided to postpone one more year, even from the, to into next year, 2022. Okay. Well, I, I know that um, I, I certainly don't want to beat the, the topic to death. Uh, you know, COVID is is something that we've all been hearing and talking about um, <laughs> nonstop for months and months now. But what I'd love to do is kind of focus on what we can do despite COVID now, but also use these ideas, these lessons, um, and what you've learned through this process, Chris, to help sure. us think about how to deal with tough times in the future. Because they're going to come at some point in one way or another. I'd love to focus on the idea of going with the flow during tough times and then taking advantage of lulls in business to grow personally, professionally. But you actually mentioned to me leading up to our conversation today, the significance of reflection. And, you know, it's, it's easy for us. And I've certainly been guilty of it in stressful situations to just simply react uh, to whatever's going on. And when we just react emotionally, it's not always the best response. Uh, I think the idea of taking a step back and reflecting is super important. I'm curious how you approach reflection. Yeah. You know, that's such a, that's such a powerful word right now, you know, especially like that we're on the, the back end of this whole experience that we've all gone through, but you know, as a wedding photographer, once you get to a certain point in your career, you're full grind. Like, the the idea that I would ever take a year off by choice was like there's no way that ever 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 would have been like like an option or even something I would even remotely even think about. So you know, as as I reflect on the on the time, you know, away from it, you know, I get to, you know, my biggest silver linings are I I've never spent more time with my family. You know, I've got to see I barely like from when my youngest daughter was born, she's six now, but from birth to like, she was five years old, you know, I was, I was working full tilt. So to have this whole year to see literally every single moment and be with her every single day and with my family, my older daughter is a teenager now, like we just, you know, the time of the family and of that unit and building that, you know, connectivity, um, that that's just been, that's been incredible to be able to interact with them on just on such a deeper level than dad's always got to work or there's always a stress or I got to run out the door. I got to edit this or I got to do this. So, you know, the biggest reflection point for me was just being able to enjoy my family. And on top of it, I just moved to a new place and we're, we're right across from the beach, a really amazing surfing beach. So I'm an avid surfer. So I've had like more time to surf than even I did when I was living in Hawaii. So it's kind of been uh, you know, silver lining on that part. Well, yeah, man. I mean, and, and what better way to deal with the potential stress of, of COVID than to be able to get out and push your body, exercise, get that fresh air in the sun. Uh, that had to be amazing. But I'm curious, 
specifically about, and, and maybe I'm overthinking this, when, when we talk about this idea of reflection, for me personally, if, if I'm taking time to reflect or to think, I'm thinking about more of a kind of a meditative practice almost. And it doesn't have to be specifically meditation, but do you have, like, do you take time each day or at some point during the week or the month and, and really take a step back from everything and get back from that kind of busyness and, and I don't know, maybe it could be journaling, meditating, or just simply thinking in a quiet room. No, no, for me, it's, it's, you know, it's my morning workout routine. And we touched about this back in our other episode, 248, I think you said, and, um, Basically, you know, my morning routine has has not really changed that much. You know, I get up in the morning, I get uh, I get the coffee going. If if one of the kids is already up, I get her breakfast, and then um, I'll head down to the beach. I got a couple of workout buddies up here. We go on this really awesome two mile beach run. We hit the lifeguard towers. We'll do little, we'll do burpees, we'll do exercises, and then at the very end of it, there's this really great jetty that runs out on the ocean. So we'll run down there, we'll do our thing, and then we'll do a ten minute meditation just breathe in the salt air, listen to the birds flying wow. just like, and be still and be quiet. Yep. And, and by the time you come back, you've like, you pushed your body, you found some inner peace and then you're ready to, you know, we touched on this again, on last episode, you're ready to take on the day. Cause anything else that could come your way is, is easier compared to like pushing your body like that. Huh? That's interesting. And what a combo though, too. That's, that's brilliant. All right, so we're going to talk about how to go with the flow, take advantage of lulls in business. We're going to get into the the nitty gritty of those topics in just a second. But uh, I, I realize that it's way easier to do those things, to think more proactively when we're not also stressed about how to pay next month's bills. Um, nice. Talk to us a little bit about important steps photography business owners should take today to better establish themselves and their businesses financially to hedge for you know, potential future economic downturns again. I mean, COVID is terrible right now. The reality is we may be hit with something down the road. Before we talk about these ideas of going with the flow and taking advantage of lulls, talk to us a little bit about how to set ourselves up financially to be in a better place if we ever face this type of situation again. Yeah, definitely. It's such an important question, you know, because we are like most of us, we're solopreneurs. You know, we don't come from trust funds. So, you know, we really are like, each job's paycheck is how we're getting paid every time. Right. Um, so, so one of the, the, the biggest book that changed my life was profit first by Michael McCallowitz. Okay. Um, and we definitely got a link to that. It, it literally was an eye opening experience for me where it, in a nutshell, it's basically a way of, of, of hiding money from yourself and setting up multiple different bank accounts, all for different purposes. And then every time you get paid, you're allocating funds to each of those accounts. Okay, so at the end of of 2019, um, it was my biggest year I ever had in business. So I'm really fortunate for that. Um, You know, I had had set myself up in a way where I had like stashed so much money all around um, from myself that once the pandemic started, I was actually, I was able to find different accounts. It's not like I didn't know where they were, but I had different accounts accounts for different things where I always knew that like throughout the year, I'm just stacking the account that I pay my mortgage out of, or I'm stacking my account that my car payment comes from and from this comes from. So I always knew in a snapshot, like where my money was for exactly what, instead of just looking at this big well, where it's like, oh yeah, because if you look at your bank account and you see, you know, X amount of dollars, you're like, oh yeah, I can do whatever I want. But interesting. You forget sometimes that, okay, well, 
four thousands going to your mortgage. You got, you know, it's a thousand in car payments. You're going to have health insurance. Like, yeah. so, so separating all that out was one of the first very key steps. Um, the second most important thing that I did was I structured my business as, as a S corporation. So for the last four, for the last five years, I've, me and my wife, we've been on payroll for my company. So when all this hit, I was able to actually draw unemployment off of my own company, which I know so many of my, my photographer friends had not structured their business like that. So wow. they hadn't paid into the system in order to reap some of those like benefits that we pay that, you know, unemployment, it's not just money from the government. We pay into it every month out of our paycheck. Mm. So the ability to get that money back and on top of it, you know, the help the government provided and all those little things, it all added up. And, and it really truly was the biggest difference in, in this year from like, you know, keeping a roof over my head and staying, staying focused and not having that stress every day of how we're going to put food in the fridge. Wow. That, that's a huge one. And honestly, I mean, in the close to 500 episodes or so that we've recorded here, I don't think any photographer has brought that up. We've talked about the significance of corporation, uh, even an S corporation uh, in the past, I believe, but not specifically for the sake of pulling, you know, in, in this particular scenario, uh, un- unemployment. That's that's really, really big. Okay. So starting with separating finances out into separate accounts um, and and more proactively budgeting, an S corporation, any other particular ideas that you think photographers should keep in mind? I I think moving forward, one of the biggest things that I learned that I'm permanently changed for the better after this experience was really getting down to, is this purchase a need or Mm. a want? Okay. You know, and and again, it's kind of cliche, but at the end of the day, you know, those four wants that I didn't buy last year, those honestly could have been the difference in me having two months worth of food in the fridge. Yeah. You know, so, so really thinking about purchases moving forward and, and look, we only have one life to live. I'm, I don't want to be a cheap guy. I love, I love spending money. I love buying things, but, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, it's just like, do I really truly need this? Will it really truly propel me forward? Or is it just something to like satiate this quick little dopamine fix? And mm. then, not that important. You yep. know? So, so for me, it's just really getting into a new state of aggressive savings. Once I'm back to work this year, it's like, I'm really going to focus on the most aggressive savings plan that, that I've ever, ever instituted like before. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's good. And you're right. I, you know, it's that, that dopamine hit. I've, I've certainly gotten caught up in that before. I'm like, Oh man, this is really cool. And and I would really like this and it would make, and you start to kind of create reasons why it, you should per, quote unquote should purchase it and, oh, yeah. and kind of follow that rabbit hole. It's a distraction. It is an effort at, at getting a bit of dopamine and in the end it isn't necessary and, and taking a step back and being honest with ourselves, developing a little bit of self-awareness, differentiating between the needs and the wants. That is definitely important and a good reminder. What I'll do is like, I'll add something to my cart, like an Amazon, but then I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to buy it today. Yeah. And then, then the, the next day I'm on there, I'm like, look at my cart. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I don't need it today. Yep. And sometimes just seeing it in my cart is enough. I don't actually need that, you know, 
zigzag planter or something for like some plant to go in or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I, it is. I've got this massive wish list in, in Amazon and I had a lot of stuff in there. And it's funny to your point, how when I go back into that list later on, how many of those things I'm like, don't need that. Don't want that. Don't care about that anymore. Um, in the moment, it seems really cool, but really it doesn't matter that much. So that, that's just, that's a good reminder and super practical. And I appreciate you sharing that, but let's jump to this idea of going with the flow, first of all, because, um, you know, we establish a baseline, we set ourselves up financially. And I know, um, you know, I want to kind of speak to or acknowledge the reality, which is that a lot of photographers due to COVID face some pretty tough financial issues because they didn't have money in the bank and didn't have savings, a cushion built up because they weren't proactively managing their finances. And so I'm glad that we've addressed that. And I would encourage all those listening. And if you don't have a plan in place, put a plan in place um, so that moving forward, you minimize the stress and then you can do the things that we're getting ready to talk about going with the flow. And we're going to talk about what that means. Uh, and then ultimately leveraging these downtimes for the sake of your personal life, for your business. I, I, there's a quote that I've mentioned, uh, or at least alluded to previously on the podcast by Bruce Lee. Um, and he says, and then I'll, I'll read this word for word, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. You put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes bottle. You put it into a teapot, it becomes a teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. And that, that last phrase or sentence, be water, my friend, uh, is the one that I've alluded to in the past. But uh, I love this picture uh, because the reality is, you know, water, in a sense, could kind of bounce back from everything, any and everything. It does literally go with the flow. I'm curious, Chris, for you, and especially in context of, of COVID, how do you go with the flow? What are some key principles that have enabled you to do so? You know, I, I was in a bit of a unique situation when I, when we start when we moved here last year, I had already, and this is all part of going with the flow. I had already sort of like set in motion my new mindset of the year. It's not going to be a growth year because for years and years, my success was always predicated on, is it growth? Mm. This year for 2020, I'd already put in my head that this was a transition year. So whatever happened, happened. I was transitioning to a new market. I was already prepared to not make as much money. So I was already kind of going with the flow of whatever was going to happen. And I'm so happy that I had made that mindset before all this even happened yeah. because it already set up a flow stage for me. And then on top of that, just getting back into like the old school concept of the sliding doors mentality, you know, no doors ever close. They're just going to open to a different room. So for me, I just, I just kept trying to find like different sliding doors. Like, okay, I got a mailer one day from a, from a real estate agent. And I was like, you know, they need photos. I got nothing to lose. I'm sitting at home. Hey, what's up, man? I'm Chris. Do you guys uh, need any real estate photos? Turned out to not only build an incredible friendship and relationship, but also I got a great amount of work for, you know, a couple months um, from that little door, reached out to different planners doing maybe micro weddings and elopements and things like that. So yeah, I wasn't doing like, you know, the hundred person giant galas, but now we're, we're still working, you know? So it was all about sliding doors, going with the flow, you know, you don't always have to change lanes for more. Sometimes just changing lanes even for less is still, it all works, you know? And as long as you're always open and you're rolling with it, like that business-wise was how I really went with the flow. Um, Personally-wise, I took advantage of the time to, you know, as a still photographer, most of us have cameras that can do high-end video. I've always had a video team um, as part of my offerings for the last couple of years, but I personally was never 
the one doing videos. So I use this downtime. I taught myself how to do videos top to bottom, bought the gimbal. That was something I ended up needing. Um, So I bought the gimbal, taught myself video. So a few jobs had popped up during COVID where they already had a photographer, but needed a videographer. So I was able to slide that door right into there and start booking work as a videographer as well. So I definitely implore any still photographer teach yourself video top to bottom and any video videographer teach yourself stills top to bottom a it will double the potential clients you can pick up which is like amazing and sometimes i've even sold like a combo package where if they don't if they want to keep the covid footprint really small i can do both photo and video one man show which has also been pretty incredible I, you know, first of all, I want to go back to this, this phrase, cause I don't think I've ever heard it at phrased or described the way that you did this metaphor that you're using about sliding doors. And I, I wrote down here as we we're talking, no door ever closes, just opens to a different room. And I love that picture. Um, I, I grew up in Japan and, uh, wow. in, in these older Japanese homes, uh, the ones that are, you know, say 80, hundred years old or even more, you have, rooms that are basically separated by paper sliding doors here in the States. I mean, I, I'm, I'm used to like right now I, I live in an apartment and the doors you open and you walk into a room and you close the door and then you go, you come back out and you close the door and you go to a different room. Uh, it's just kind of, it's almost linear in, in fashion. Whereas in these Japanese homes, you have all of these rooms that are connected. It's simply by, or separated by, these sliding doors. And the moment that you open that door, um, you can go into this room or you slide open the other door. You can go out into the hallway, whatever it might be. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of what it takes me to. And I, and I love that because there are almost endless possibilities at that point. You're not stuck in a hole. You just go where that door is now opening. Um, and that, that mental picture gives us so much fluidity and flexibility in a situation like this. If we're willing to actually look for or be open to where that door is opening. Have you always been this way? I mean, did you just naturally look for those opportunities or did it develop, uh, uh, did it take some time to develop? Well, you know, I've always been like, I'm always just a natural go with the flow person. You know, like I I grew up as a surfer. I've been in the ocean my entire life. So understanding the, the ebb and flow of like, of tides, of surf, of taking a, a 20 foot wave on top of the head to, you know, like, these moments of powerlessness underwater where it's like, so that, that, I think that mentality just instilled in my bones, like kind of just set me up for, for just this, being able to channel this into my business, you know? And also on top of all necessity is the mother of invention. So it's like, I, you know, I got a family, I have to, I got, those kids need food, you know, wife has got to eat. I'm like, (laughs) I needed some new surfboards. Like, yeah. you know, you got to figure it out, you sure. know? So, so it was really just like, you know, again, like we talked about off the top of this was checking my, any sort of ego or any sort of like pride or whatever it is, you know, it's just instead of, okay, I'm not doing this, but can I do this? You know, it's like, can I, can I do 10 small jobs that equal one big job? Like what's, what, what can I do with the skills that I have? and really just still do it to my absolute best with style, grace, and gratitude. So you mentioned real estate uh, photography and video. First of all, that any photographer, and I didn't realize in a situation where there's a bit more desperation, uh, maybe photographers wouldn't argue this idea so much, but 
normally anyway, photographers would, they, they might fight for, argue for the, the so-called purity of their brand by sticking with one thing, focusing on one thing. And if I just, if I get distracted from that, or I, um, there's a potential that I then detract from the brand by watering it down. I'm offering these other services that, that, that don't, they're not quote who I am. You know, that's, that's our favorite thing to say. It's not who I am. Um, but in this situation, how would you respond to a photographer that, that is pushing back in that way? Do you feel as though it has detracted from your brand? I think at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, are you running a business or are you running a look at me company? Mm. You know, and, 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 I, and I hate to be so blunt about no, it. No, it's good. It's good. But I mean, ultimately, like, look, we're photographers. I take pictures. I take pictures. Like, I prefer, like, my first choice is taking pictures of, of couples on their wedding day. But I take pictures. And that's what my business is. So if there's business to be had, I want to go and get it, you know. And obviously, if a job comes in that I feel I'm not the best for, I'm going to recommend someone else who is the best for it. But at the end of the day, we are in the business of taking pictures. So I, I think if you have any hangups about what it is that you want to do, then you're not actually running a business. Hmm. I, I'm definitely, this is very Instagrammable and quotable and add to a t-shirtable. <laughs> Are you running a business? Send me a royalty, I'm good. <laughs> Seriously. Well, this is really good though. And, and I mean, certainly I will take it to heart and I think all of our listeners should as well, because I, this idea, are you running a business or are you running a look at me company? I, it's, it's so easy as, you know, artist types to get caught up in our brand. And, and again, this idea of quote, who we are, which, um, you know, so many people in our industry and just in our culture in general spend this time looking for this nebulous idea of who they are when the reality is they have the ability to make a choice and, and ultimately structure their life, frame their life the way that they want to. Nobody else has to decide that for them. No idea or book or test, personality test or whatever it is. They can choose to be who and what they need to be and want to be. Um, and so in this case, if photographers are running a business and if they need to pivot to flex, to flow in a situation like COVID, um, the last thing that we need to think about is our ego and the so-called brand that we're trying to protect. What we need to figure out how we can do is to utilize the strengths that we have, the tools that we have ultimately to serve potential clients. And in this case, you did so with real estate photography and video. Is this um, real estate photography, for example, are you going to market this actively? Or is this just something that you are taking advantage of an opportunity for during COVID? Um, how do you find a balance between, I guess, back to this idea, watering down the brand and making sure that you're actively offering the service, which is kind of filled in the blanks for you? You know, I think of it as adding water to the brand. Definitely mm. not water. It's not something that I'm going to promote. I don't have a real estate tab on my website, but it's something that, you know, when we're, when we're in a pinch, you know, and we need to make money, you know, we, like I said, we're photographers, we take pictures. Yeah. Like that's what we do, you know? So it's like, you know, I'll never show, you know, I don't have no need to promote those pictures that one connection led to a few more. So it's just some word of mouth. And if they call me, if I'm available, cool, I do it. But you know, that connection referred me a wedding client, that connection referred me a fashion client that, you know, it's just anytime you can perform your craft for someone, regardless of what, what your primary objective is, and you deliver with your experience, you're going to gain, you're just going to, your net becomes 
infinitely wider every single time, you know? So, and you know, I have my brand, I have my tenants and, and people know when I show up, if I'm showing up to shoot a, a, a teacup, <laughs> it's still me and it's still my brand and my brand is fully represented. If I'm showing up to shoot a house, it's still me and my brand and I'm fully represented, you know? So I, I don't really, I would implore all of our photographers out there during lulls from actual weddings or portraits, put yourself out there and make some money with your camera. It's what we do. I, I want to ask you one more question about, you talked about real estate. You also talked about video. Video, um, I mean, there are some components of still photography that we can translate to video. And I think too, if, if we are, if anybody listening in um, is the go-getter type, the one who is you know, glad to sit down, pull up Google and start looking through websites and, and YouTube and so forth, looking for the information necessary to learn the uh, the skill set and the workflow uh, to be able to offer this video service, um, then you know there's there's opportunity there. We can we can learn these things. But are there any particular resources that you found helpful when it comes to learning how to be a videographer? You know, I was really fortunate because I had built over the last few years an incredible in-house video team. So I had a lot of my own resources to reach out to. I'd call my guys. Hey, I'm I want to do this. How do I do this? Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, they were able to really like get me up and running like pretty quickly. Um, but, but for everyone else, I mean, we, we know one trip to YouTube and you can become a master of anything you want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, again, it's just the, it's just the confidence of being like water and taking that sliding doors. Like I did a job, um, earlier in the year where they just hired me for video and it was my first time I was hired to do video just me doing video and like I showed up with all the confidence I have of doing my 500th wedding wow doing something new just because I still know that it's me it's my brand I'm representing what I do and I know that what I do I'm gonna think is cool so at the end of the day you just you know obviously you want your clients to think that what you do is cool too that's why they hired you in the first place all right. Well, we, we've talked about this idea of going with the flow. Let's and, and honestly, you've spoken to this already, but maybe we can dig into it a little bit more. You referenced the lull in business and, and leveraging that downtime to yeah. not only improve your business, but even your personal life as well. Uh, I think you've alluded to a few ideas already, but I'd love for you to, to kind of expound on this idea. What are certain ways that you leveraged this downtime in the last year for both life and business? For sure. Um, it, it sounds a little funny, but you know, I've boiled it down to the three R's. Okay. That's the re reset, relax and recharge. You know, we seldomly in this business pre COVID have we ever as wedding photographers had a lull like this before an opportunity to just to sit back, to not have any work to edit. I mean, I haven't had a gallery to edit now in like a month and a half, which is like the first time in years and years and years. Yeah. So I was able to like reset deep dive, go into my website, go into each gallery, just really edit, really fine tune, really just pick out the absolute core of what it is that of, of who I am and what my brand stands for. And ultimately who the clients are that I want to attract. You know, so that was part of like the reset, you know, the relax portion is I don't have anything to edit. I don't have a wedding to go to this weekend. I'm going to kick my shoes off. I'm going to chill on the couch. I'm going to spend time with my kids. I'm going to, we've played more board games and 
I can ever even imagine. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> um, What's the favorite? Um, right now, Blockus is super fun. You guys don't know. It's kind of like Tetris in real life, kind of. But really? Uh, super fun. Great family game. My daughter, my youngest is six. She's totally good at it. So it's a great game for the whole family. Oh, I'm totally... Uh, speaking of that Amazon wish list, I'm, I'm totally adding it right now. That's pretty brilliant. Okay. Blo- you said Blockus. Actually, you know what? You sent me a gift after our last one, so let me send you Blockus, Nathan. It's on me. It's coming your way. Oh, dude! Well, I, that's that's really cool of you. All right, sounds good. You, you will love it. Um, but so, like, so that's the relaxed part, and then the recharge. You know, getting excited. I am. So, I can't even tell you how excited I am now to get back to work. I am so recharged after taking this deep dive into my work. After having this time to relax, having that moment to really realign against my brand's values and my goals and my, and what it is that I want to accomplish, not only for me, but for my clients, I am more excited now to get back to work than I have ever been at any point in my career. And it's interesting how, I mean, in in this case, obviously we had a lot of extra time, but even I know personally for me, even just taking 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, uh, whether it's sitting down and meditating at the, the massage chair at my gym or getting into the sauna or, um, you know, maybe it's getting out on the motorcycle and going, taking a ride, but just taking a little bit of time, how it helps us reset the mind. Cause I know there are certain situations where I get either uber focused or I'm again, reacting out of stress in a situation and I don't walk away. And as a result, I, I don't see as clearly as objectively as I should. And that can be detrimental both our personal lives and our professional lives as a result. Yeah. So it, it is, it is super important to take that time away, whether it's an hour or a day or, a, or maybe even a week or a month, if we have the opportunity, that's, that's a good reminder. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, part of like what I learned too is it's not always about, you know, a like growth, like sustaining is also success. You know, sustaining your lifestyle is, is also success. It doesn't have to be, year after year growth, you know, so moving forward, I'm not in the position right now, because I'm still trying, obviously trying to recoup like we all are, but I'm definitely moving forward, going to try to carve out times in my life in the future where I'm taking a month off from work completely, you know, and I never, ever would have thought of that. Like that never would have been something that would have become a prime importance to me pre COVID. Well, again, and I think we'll we'll use this as an opportunity to some of our conversation because the way that you broke all of this down um, is super logical, chronological almost in nature, and ultimately really really helpful to to talk just by itself of the idea of taking you know a week off or a month off in some cases uh, is is just beyond the comprehension or thought process of of a business owner, certainly a photography business owner. If we are proactively to, to our original or one of our first points of conversation, taking the time to, to proactively manage our finances, it will give us some of the freedom and the flexibility to be able to do that over the long run. Um, and then, of course, leveraging the opportunities that we have in, in some of these downtimes uh, to further grow personally and professionally will then enable us to not only go hard in the paint when business pops back up again, but then also create that time and space for ourselves uh, to to recharge as we need to. And and I, again, that's a really great reminder. I, I really appreciate you making time to hanging out with me today, Chris. And and I know um, the, the first conversation that we had and, and subsequent conversations, uh, again, I can't stress enough how 
gracious you've been, super kind, and I just love the energy in general. Um, I really kind of vibe off of that, if you will. I, I think it's really, really great. And and if if I can personally encourage you to continue that, um, I will certainly do it because it's it's not everybody that. I get to interact with it that behaves in that way. It, it makes a big difference in the world and certainly in, in engaging with our clients. Can you remind our listeners one more time? I know we mentioned at the beginning, but where they can find you online, your website, social media. For sure. I just, you know, again, I just want to thank you as well, Nathan. You're, you've been an amazing guy and you, you create such good content for the community. So thank you so much. Um, you guys can find me at chrisjevans.com. That's my website. Uh, Chris J. Evans photo on Instagram and CJ Evans 325 on Twitter. And um, yeah, I just, you know, in closing, I just, you know, really implore everyone just to run your business with kindness and authenticity and integrity. And don't ever, ever be afraid to reach out of your comfort zone and focus on, on your business, you know, whatever it may be. You may, don't be afraid to shoot something that you don't normally shoot. It will only make you better. Brilliant. We're going to put all of this in the show notes, bocapodcast.com. For everybody listening in, make sure you take advantage of the show notes, um, the talking points, the resources, the books that we mention. Look for all of that in the show notes. And um, you can also, we mentioned a couple books today, but um, you can also take advantage of the Boca Bookshelf. If you just go to B-O-K-E-H, bocabookshelf.com. Um, some of the most popular books that have been mentioned on the podcast are there. If you're looking for something to read, you can check that out as well. Uh, this has been just, I really appreciate your time, your graciousness, Chris. Thanks again for hanging out with all of us today. Nathan, thank you so much. And everyone, Godspeed and can't wait to see everyone get back to work. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at BocaPodcast.com. Make sure to visit our sponsors, PhotographersEdit.com, custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu.com, that's M-I-I-L-U.com, the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.